I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I had a lot of insecurities growing up. Grew up quite poor, so that had its own sort of stuff. Through MMA and competing in, in combat sports and, and, and going down that path, I really started feeling secure in who I am and who I was. And I didn't have a chip on my shoulder anymore. Oh, sorry, didn't see you there. Just making great music. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is an absolute cracker. This video is brought to you by, oh, and ladies and gentlemen, it's a brand new YouTube channel, The Butterfield Effect Clips. And it is a collection of the best clips from this podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go and follow it right now. It is down there. Go and press subscribe and get amongst it. And before we move on, I'm going on tour. Don't forget about that. I'm going all over the world. The link is down below as well. This podcast is with none other than an Australian bloody legend. He is the undisputed UFC middleweight champion of the world. It's Robert the Reaper Whitaker. We had a great conversation. He's a top bloody bloke, a good motherfucker, if ever I'd seen one. And this is our chat with Rob Whitaker. Rob, we're live. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Talking shit about the tax department. We can't show that tax. on here or they'll be fucking come after us. They, they will, they will. And this will get banned, you'll see. <laughs> Fuck, it's, it's moments away. How you doing? How you, how you shaping good, up? Man. Very good, very Massive good. Massive fight coming up in October, Huge October fight. 6th. Yes. In Melbourne. Mm. Uh, I'm pumped. I'll be there. I can't wait. I'm fucking just rip raw and ready to go. It's my first <laughs> UFC event that I've been to. Is it? So I've been to boxing events. I've never been to a live MMA event. Mate, there's something special. I promise you that. There are something special. I've been to a lot of different sort of sporting events with certain things, especially once I started making a name for myself. Invites started flooding in. Yeah, <laughs> Funny enough how that works, eh? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's there's something special to a UFC event. You've got to give it to the company. They know how to put them on a show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and they play a big part in, in this sort of lighting and on the sound and you can see mm. it watching at home. I mean, I know they used to have uh, they used to have fireworks when, when, when fighters walked out. Is that something you miss? Uh, <laughs> the smoke and fireworks. Because the they had that with the footy for years, yeah, the you know. corny light show. <laughs> yeah. um, a little bit, a little bit. I feel like there's a little bit of a culture loss, but, yes. <laughs> but, but it is what it is. Like, I, I'm happy with it. Joe Rogan posted a, uh, a video of Dave Chappelle, the comedian, walking mm. out into his show I think it, I can't remember where it was, but it was a massive, obviously, it's Chappelle, massive, yeah. 25,000 people. And he walked out like it was a UFC event. He had a stage in the middle, probably the size of this room, and he walked out with security guards lining him, and he had no music to start. He just walked out, and the security guards walked through like you would walking into the cage. Yeah. And it was absolutely amazing. They were roaring. I think there's something to the way that UFC fighters enter the the arena that is just everyone gets to see it's close yeah i think because i think like you said like combat sports has been around in human history for as long as you can remember so i think there's definitely a culture with the whole walkout the teams with him the, the final preparations of the gladiators so to speak you know once they reach out there all the fans adoring screaming shouting mm. You know, and um, I think that can be transcended. Like it's that in itself is its own little sort of dynamic. 
I think that's why UFC, the, the UFC has become so popular yeah. and MMA in general. In terms of marketing and selling them, the, selling their product, they have nailed it. Everything about the UFC is designed to make it like desirable. The hype machine. It. The hype machine. That's all it is. It's a machine. Absolutely. And it's, and, it's, and it's making it the fastest growing sport in the world. MMA yeah. is, you know, you, you could probably 10 years ago drive down the street and, you know, there might be one gym that offers kickboxing and Muay Thai. Now it's every gym offers all of the different disciplines yeah. and they have to. And you almost you almost lose out now if you don't have MMA instructors and MMA like uh, classes. Yeah. I mean, people just get, people are into it. It's, it's far more... For me, anyway, it's more interesting than boxing, mm. uh, just because it's a it's a real fight. You mm. know, people can do absolutely anything to try and beat their opponent, whether it be through submission or knockout mm. or TKO. And it seems to be for me in particular. I was a footy guy forever. My old man played for the Knights. Loved footy. It was everything in my life, right? And then as people started to lose the characters, there's no more characters, there's no more shoulder charges, there's no more big collisions, there's yeah. no more fights, there's no more, there's wingers running in against front rowers and grabbing them by the collars. Yeah. That's just shit. Like, why would you <laughs> want to watch that? Yeah. Well, as I, you said, we love gladiator, gladiatorial f- sports. Yeah, you know, um, I, I think like, I'm not speaking for all combat sports, but in, especially in the UFC, because they're small gloves and there are a lot of different ways to win a fight goes standing ground and all that sort of stuff. I believe you can really see like the human soul mm. on show. Like you can see these guys leaving it out there for everyone to see. And um, no, and it's, it is super interesting because you don't know how it'll end. Like it's so dynamic um, that any little thing can change a fight. And uh, it's just, yeah, it is, it, you know, it's a good watch. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, it's just a good watch. It's, it, it's, it's amazing to see some <clears throat> of the, like, the battles over the years. Yeah. One that comes to mind when you talk about uh, the sheer human resilience is Pat Barry and uh, what's his name? Czech Congo? Yeah. That fight where there is Stupid. like several <laughs> moments the referee could have jumped in and said, no, oh, no that's mate. enough. I, I love watching that because like they both just go out, out, like out, on Gone. their back, knees collapsing, like eyes glazing over, <laughs> and then they get back up, and then it's out again. Oh yeah, the and eyes are full Krispy Kreme. Yeah, they're gone. Then they get back up and they're out again. It's just, it's just so, so funny to Insane. watch. Insane, and and that's the sport. That this is the thing with the sport is that no, nothing one else, no one else has that. No. Boxing doesn't have that. Well, back boxing to your has corner, the ten count, yeah. You know, and it's not. It's sort of that thing where people want to see other people come close to death. It's yeah. why the Roman Colosseum was the place to be in the Roman <laughs> yeah. times. Thousands of people yeah. getting there to watch them fight fucking tigers. Yeah. And it, it's a dangerous sport, but that's why the money's Very. there. I think it should be brought closer. Like, we've, we've spoken about this a bunch of times on Grange TV, me and Fab, about how we should make it one 25-minute round. Yeah. Just one. And well, that's what... Uh, no. That's what uh, fucking Pride used, Pride to, used to have. Yeah. In the day, yeah. So, um, just make it one 25-minute round. There's no... Like, there has to be a winner. There has to be a winner. Mm. And that would be just amazing. Well, uh, even the fights would change. Even with, like, uh, Eddie Bravo's Invitational, there's, if you know, if you don't get a result in the first round, the first 10-minute round, then there's, you know, you're getting poor. And I know it's jiu-jitsu. It's probably hard to have someone get put on top of you in the cage and just say, all right, you've got full mount. All right, go for it. Defend yourself for 30 seconds. It's a bit different. But they, they have to find a result. Mm. And I, I think that's fantastic. Like, people don't want to get it, get a fight ended up in the hands of the judges. No, not at all. Not at all. Like, but that that's the, the sort of the way the sport's heading. Like, in terms of 
pushing down a route of more sports-based rather than combat-based. Because it is a sport at the end of the day. And because we have the round system and we have the referees and we have the, the, the rules in place, it is a sport and should be treated as a sport. You know, whereas if you wanted to, to make it as close to gladiatorial like combat as you would, you'd have, it'd be very different. It'd be very different. Definitely. And, be... I, and, and I understand that though. I understand that it is a sport and I treat it as such. Yes, we're out there punching on and we're trying to finish each other, but that's because that's what you have to do to win the sport. Mm. You know? And it's a great sport. And I think the, the, the comment on how big it's growing is just the sort of the understanding with the community how much they love to see people who are willing to put it all on the line but also train for 10 years before they yeah. get in there yeah. and bust their ass with no, with no inclination of ever going professional. Did you, did you see that as something from an early, early age with your, with your own training? Did you see that as something you were going to just waltz into? Or was that something you never saw coming? No, I, I never thought I'd, I'd do it like, to a point where I could make a living doing it. Um, I'm one of the sort of cats who uh, have very low expectations of myself. <laughs> I think that comes from my childhood, to be honest. That's good. But uh, yeah, no, to, when, I, when I got into it and, and started competing and, and, and doing it, that, before I started making money for it from it, I, I just did it because I identified as a fighter. So I, I, I made that my identity and I enjoyed doing it. It's you a different know. mindset. It's a, it's a mindset that I just don't have. Like I've been in and, and tried sparring and all that type of stuff and you see these people, they, you know, they grunt down and, and bite down on their mouthpiece yeah. and come after you and I'm just like, oh, mate, <laughs> I can't handle it. It's that whole flinching mentality. It's like, I, like playing footy, you happily run into people because yeah. that's your sport, you're used to it. I guess it's a, you know, just getting used to it sort of thing. But people yeah. are born fighters. Yeah, I, I, think, I think there is a level of instinct that, that plays a part, like... I do think people are just born fighters. Like you could, there are, there are certain people I'm sure that have never had a day's fighting mentality or day's fight or been super, like played fighting video games or anything. They've done absolutely nothing to do with sort, any sort of uh, conflict. Not an aggressive bone in their yeah, body. But then they get pushed or, they, or they, get, they get a put on and they have to choose fight or flight mm. and they just bite down on the mouthpiece as you said. They bite mm. down on the mouthpiece and just get to work. <laughs> Something that I thought was really interesting that you said uh, last week on, on Grange TV, which is Rob's podcast, and it's a great podcast, you should go <laughs> and listen and subscribe immediately, was uh, talking about street fights. Mm. Seeing those videos, those world star hip hop sort yeah. of people carrying on like that, that, that you really dislike. Well, yeah, I can't stand them. I can't stand them. So don't take, no, I'm not going to say that because they're, they're going to start smashing Don't, <laughs> don't say it's yeah. a Streisand effect. Yeah. Barbara Streisand wanted a photo taken down off the internet and then everyone put it everywhere. Yeah. As soon as you say you don't want something in internet, people have me. 100%. Or because I've, we've gone this far with it, I'm already done. You're gone. It's all over. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I hate seeing that stuff. I hate seeing those clips. I hate seeing people fighting each other. Because uh, like it's just, I honestly do feel that most conflicts can be sorted with just like working it out another way other than hitting each other. Mm. Like, and, and I see it as so, so, so stupid. Unless you're defending yourself, you know, given, given proper reasons. Like if you're defending yourself or your loved ones from harm, you've got, you got to do what you've got to do. Of course, someone's that's coming what, after you. you need that's to react. a different situation. Yeah. Like if you're beefing because one dude called you something and you can't handle that, and like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like you're just hurting each other. And, you see it all the time. Though. And it, I don't understand it because like 
I make a living out of this. Like, if you're not getting paid for it, why, why, would, you do it? <laughs> why would you do it? It's like an electrician just going to someone's house and just wiring up their house for free. I'm like, no worries, mate. It's on me. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, why would you do that? Like, it's work. It's and it never out. ends. It never ends well for either party. Someone's mm. going to get knocked out, or there's going to be tears. Or yeah. I, I used to work in pubs, and you'd see a fight every night. You'd, mm. you'd work, and it was my job to break them up. And they're always just dickheads, just screaming at each other, like, you know, I'm a boxer or all that type of stuff. I used to hear, I used to hear did you know he's a boxer, bro? <laughs> I heard it fucking every shift. I was like, mate, not everyone's a fucking boxer. You know, <laughs> it seems sure. like there's a lot. There's like a lot of boxers. working that pub scene, it seems like every second bloke is a boxer. Every, he's a good fighter, bro. Yeah, there's been fight. a trend. <laughs> there's been a trend. Everyone one, just picked it up. One fight I did see was a dude was carrying like a pork chop, threatening or talking shit to someone's missus, or just being an asshole, and then a random dude just like sort of walked up, and a general fighting stance, from what I've seen, is sort of up like that, right? This dude did the old school these ones, <laughs> and like knocked him out in like within a second. It was the most hectic thing I've ever seen because he he took he took old mates sort of by him surprise. He was like, old mates thinking, why is this dude sort of standing like yeah. that? And he just. Whoosh, that's like that. Can, can, he was can, out. can I ask why the fuck was Batman in the pub? <laughs> yeah. like, like, he was full. He was circling him. I dare you to throw the first one. <laughs> like, why? Why was like Batman, like the 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 people's champion, looking for a fight? Like, don't jump in people's fights, man. Unless no, the, unless like you're saving him. I don't think he even knew him. Yeah, he's like, just waltzed he was, in. He was looking for a fucking fight. Yeah. And there are people that are genuinely out there just trying to... You see them in nightclubs stand there staunching everyone. Yeah, but they don't, they don't pick... Like, come, come to the gym. Yeah. Like, fight properly. Yeah. And that's what I found after I've started training in an MMA gym over the past year, that the most staunch-looking dudes are often the nicest people mm. when they get in the gym. They're just yeah. nice people, polite. Hello, how are you? I found that when I, when I was growing up, because obviously I, I had a lot of insecurities growing up. Grew up quite poor, so that had its own sort of stuff. Um, but through MMA and competing in, in combat sports and, and, and going down that path, I found that you don't need, like I don't, like I, I really started feeling secure in who I am and who I was. And I didn't have a chip on my shoulder anymore. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, it's humbling when you get picked up and dumped on your head. Sure. <laughs> like you, it's just, it just is a humbling sure. thing to happen. You know, you realize, you know what? I'm not always going to be top dog mm. and I'm cool with that. You have to be. Yeah. You have to be within yourself. There's always someone bigger than you. And that's and it's a lesson not just for fighting or mm. not just sport, but for life. Yeah. Like at some point, something's going to happen. You're going to be dumped on your head and it's how you react to it. Do you go yeah. into a shell or do you go, okay, how do I avoid hap that happening again? Yeah. You know? And, and I, I guess that's the thing for a lot of young people to hear. And we were talking about this before. Like if I ever have daughters, I want them to be involved in mixed martial arts in some way, whether it's just, you know, some slight kickboxing or, or whatever, whether they're hitting pads or hitting bags or just jujitsu. I, I found that jujitsu was an amazing thing for me, not only for just, you know, normal health and, and, and training when I'm not away on the road. It's a good way to learn a lot about yourself. Mm. I, I, I remember having almost this epiphany driving home from the gym one day, uh, Warrior World Gym in Newcastle, fucking good on you. And uh, Paulie, who you met the other week, he, he trains me down there. And he, I think it was him. He was like full, full guard, uh, full guard, full mount on top of me. And I was just in all, all sorts. He had his legs pushing my legs out. And if you don't know, if, if you don't know anything about jujitsu, it's a very uncomfortable position to be. Mm. And I sort of have learned over time that in that position, your your move is to 
slow your breathing down, think about what you're doing and you know, work on your escape. Mm. And I think that's a good attitude for life. If people are got to, you know, if they're piling on all this pressure, as you said before, you've had an enormous amount of media coming in, you've had no chance to sit down and relax. One of the big moves you need to be doing working into the, one of the biggest fights of the year. And all this pressure, but you have learned through MMA, through life and experience that you, know, you just ride with it. Roll with the punches. Yeah. Take it moment by moment. Yeah. You start at the top and work your way down. And um, and then you do find those like moments of relief and you know where you can just go sit down and relax. And you have to really understand that moment for what it is. This is my time to relax and you need to unwind. You can't be half working while relaxing. Mm. You know, you need to just relax. Relaxing is a skill. It is hard. It is hard. And you see a lot of successful people struggle to do it. Mm. It is. It's like I not saying I'm a successful person, but I really struggle to relax and unwind. Unless I, if if I don't have everything done for a week that I need to get done, relaxing is not an option. Mm. You know. But I found when I started training, because I started working uh, as a full time comedian and making YouTube videos, uh, so I didn't have a job. I didn't have this normal uh, routine, and I, I sort of just started to just go sort of batshit at home, like a bit of cabin fever sort of thing. And it wasn't until I set my routine out that started with training every morning. And working on something different, which was a skill, which was yeah. like the kickboxing, Muay Thai, whatever it was for the day, that that had such a benefit and allowed me to relax later on. Yeah, well, a routine in itself will help with that. Like routine is everything I find. Like knowing where you got to be, what you got to do, what time it is, so that oh, it's time to relax. You switch into it, and then it's, oh, it's time to be a training. You switch on for that. Mm. Like it's just routine is everything, and that's why these media weeks are so hard for me because they throw me out of my routine. And then, like, when you come back into the week of, of work, it's um, you're backlogged almost. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's what, a weird. What does the media week look like for you? Because you've just been in Melbourne. You've yeah. been shooting the press conference. For the ticket release, the conference and everything like that. Like, so I went down. And I, you're in Sydney. Yeah. Media week started Sydney. And it's just, you're picked up early in the morning. And you just do, you go to, you go to location A, interview, 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 photos, photos, photos. Location B, interview, interview. Location C, interview, interview, like that's it, and you just do that the whole day, the whole day, and then you go, you go back, you go back home. But let's say it does finish at that point. Um, sometimes though, which is super annoying, they do interviews the whole day, give you three hour break, and then you have another little thing to do at night, which means you can't unwind, you mm. can't switch off. But let's say you don't, um, you do all your interviews, you switch off, and then you, what is it like seven o'clock at night? You try to sleep unwind relax but sometimes like you have to train because you're fighting so you need to train for that mm. so you're trying to hit your sessions as well and then you got to get up early the next day to be on radio shows and you got to do it all again and you just do that the whole week and then there's the the actual press conference you got to see your opponent which brings its own level of stresses and you got to deal with him and then you got to deal with the presser how you speak how it's just a lot of work mm. mentally it's a lot of work not yeah, physically imagine. Definitely. You know, just mentally, it's a lot, a lot of work. And it affects your sleep. It affects all those type of things. Yeah, you're not sleeping right. You're traveling. You're standing up all day. You're uncomfortable. You're sitting in the car all day. It's, it's yeah, it's just tiring. Mm. And then you have to come home and jump back into your routine. But you feel like shit from the week before. Remember how we were talking about my spreadsheets and my loads and everything? All that's, you know, calculated so that I don't feel like this ever. Mm. But that is just throwing a spanner in the works mm. and mucks everything up. So the next week has to has to change a little bit to accommodate that. People don't realize like how much it's like, oh, why don't you why don't you just go to Melbourne and watch X fight? It's like because that 
takes a week out of training. Week, yeah. And then imagine if I had to go to like Vegas to, to see the, watch the fights over there or like we spoke before, go on the Joe Rogan podcast. I'm sure I'd, lo- like, I'd love to do that and do some podcast tours over there. But the problem is it's like 20 hours to get there and then there's the whole, like doing everything when you work there, the jet lag when you get there, mm. jet lag when you get back, how you feel the weeks after it. It's just nightmare. Have you thought about changing your camp to being over there? Is that sort <clears> of something that's encouraged from the UFC? Yeah, you know, it's, I've thought about it, you know, and there are a lot of opportunities to moving over there and there's a lot of benefits to, to moving over there. Just, it's just America. It's just a bigger country. There's just more opportunities, mm. like in terms of like finances and, and media obligations and sponsors and all that sort of stuff. But, mate, honestly, we live in the best country in the world. Uh-huh. We live in the best country in the world and my kids love it here. I yeah. want to raise my kids here. My family's here. You know, I, I realized I would just be... <clears throat> I'd just be trying to, trying to drive to achieve over there what I already have here. Mm. You know, money's not everything to me. I'm like one of those guys. A lot of people say, oh, money's not everything. And I believe it's not everything. And you've but, come from that background where yeah. money isn't the biggest thing. Mm. It's yeah. good to have money, though. Of course. Because you don't like stressing about money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, not, I'm not silly enough to think, like, I don't even need money. No, I need money. Yeah. Just, I just don't need heaps of it in my bank account doing nothing. Yeah, of course. And you, as long as your family's happy, your missus mm. is happy, and your kids are happy... Yeah. And you live in a nice place. Yeah, that's all I want. Mate, I, I, I get to travel around Australia. I haven't been around the world yet, working on that later in the year. And it's, it's amazing how much I love where I live. Because mm. I live in Newcastle. It's a maximum 10-minute trip to the beach. There's no traffic. Everything's cruisy. Everyone's relaxed. Everyone's got that big view of the ocean. Mate, there's no stress there. Yeah. It's a fucking beautiful... And I, when I come to Sydney, I lose that. Yeah. And I know when I came out to your studio the other week, and it wasn't through the city. I was like, oh, this exists out here. Yeah, but even, even that for me is like a bit too much. I, I live further out, so another 20 minutes out where it's like almost bush. It's like right. rural. Okay. And I love going outside and just seeing bush trees, not hearing cars. and Yeah. Like it's just, that is, is my tranquil. Like I, I lived in Melbourne for a month for the comedy festival. And it's amazing how quickly you adapt. But the first couple of days mm. was just like, Phew. This is, this is fucking full on. I've got to admit, but the Uber Eats there is pretty good. How good's the fucking Uber Eats? You can <laughs> so get pizza good. at 12 o'clock at night. Dude, <laughs> like, I, got, I remember getting these Greek donuts. Wow, yeah. What are they called? <laughs> I don't know. But they're... Oh, my mate's going to kill me because he's Greek and his dad makes them for me all the time, but I forget. But they're like Greek donuts with Nutella glaze and uh, Nutella filled. And I remember ordering them at like 12.30. Just being like, man, this place is the best. Yeah, and some dude in the freezing cold in the pouring yeah. rain just turns up with donuts. Yeah. And rings me up and be like, can you come down and get... I'm like, nah, brother. You, <laughs> nah, you go to concierge, you press the buzzer, and you come up. <laughs> you want my plate. I, I put it in the notes, you are coming to my room. <laughs> yeah. That man, I don't know how they make a profit out of living like... Like, like it, uh, delivering food. Because it's so cheap. They get it like is. five bucks for delivery. Yeah, I... I Hats off to them. Absolutely. Because I couldn't do it, but we need them. I did it. I used to deliver pizzas for a job when I left school. Mm. And I look back on it recently and I found out for like a six hour shift, I made 50 bucks and like 30 went into petrol. They didn't pay me <laughs> petrol. I was working for like 20 bucks a night, but I got a free pizza at the end of the night. And I was a big fat fuck. I was, I was laughing. I was so happy. Uh, yeah. Free food. Mate, that's, that seems rough. But then I didn't get my, I didn't have my license until I was about 20. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, but it's amazing it's like slow on that I, I needed those shit jobs to get to the point where I was sitting down only like two years ago going okay you, I'm a comedian that's why I know what I want to do but it's too hard for me to go to Sydney every single night 
and work at the same time here. I finish at five o'clock. I can't get there until eight o'clock, you know, and get back until two o'clock or whatever. YouTube's the way to do it, to get an audience, to reach out. And without having those bad jobs and that struggle, I never would have worked hard enough to get to where I am now, which is nowhere where I want to be. Mm. I want to be much more uh, involved in a lot of different things and, and working harder and all that type of stuff. And But I wouldn't have got there unless I had all these, these, these shit time, these struggles and all that type of stuff when yeah. it comes to work. You've got to wor- learn that worth ethic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's as simple as that, isn't it? Yeah. Well, um, but it's the same with you, growing up poor. Like, you need to learn the hard way to, to work hard and, and f- <clears throat> somehow work out how to provide for your family. Yeah, you know, I've, it's, 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 it's hard to say, like, um, with myself, because I'm definitely the sort of cat that needs to learn the hard way. Like, I, I didn't switch on for my career, really, until after my back-to-back losses. And, and, and meeting Fabricio with there, the, my, my, my um, high-performance coach, and working with him, like, I didn't, I didn't start working there. But in saying that, though, hell, if I, I got there, though, with, mm. without focusing on what I was doing, just because I was talented at what I do. Mm. So that's very real, like mm. me just getting through it and getting to that point and having that as opportunity. So I took a lot of things for granted, and, you know, and, I, and I, I realized that, and I realized that looking back, you know, it was, it was, it, it's very hard to sit down and look at yourself critically and, and accept others feedback, uh, other people's feedback about you and accept other people's criticism of you and being like, you know what, you have a good point. Mm. And um, in, in doing that, in doing that, I, I managed to reform myself, build myself back up into what I am today. Particularly for a young person, you're only, what, 28? Yeah. Like, Christ, when your back-to-back losses several years ago now, like, you, you're looking at yourself and going, trying to be critical at, what, 25, 24? Yeah. 23. <laughs> How can you be critical about yourself at 23? Yeah. Those 23 year olds are just shelving pingers and pounding <laughs> like pork chops every week, and that's all they're doing. 100%. Like, and you know, I was very fortunate though. I had, I had a great part of my, my wife, Sophia. Like, she was one that was also spurring me on, me like, yeah, go, you can do yeah. this. And um, I don't know. Like, it's just, yeah, like I said, met Fab, and, and, and all those things combined at the right time just meant, you know, I, I had a real hard sit down. And being like, you know what, I've got to change this up. I've got to fix something. Something's broken. It's a conscious decision. And having yeah. people around like Fab, like he's a great dude. Like I've only yeah. met him once, but like I, I'll, I'll see that dude anytime the rest of my life. Like, hey, <laughs> he's here, you know. Top great bloke. dude just to have around. And it's important to have those sort of people around you. And what you said before was really interesting, uh, just to change the subject, about seeing your opponent. Mm. Now, you're, you're facing Stylebender, Israel Asenia, mm. uh, who's also at the back, back of the hype machine at the moment. Yeah. Um, what is it like seeing the dude you're taking on in, in, in you know, what is built up to be and probably very much is a big moment in your career, just seeing him just there? I hate it. I hate it. No one wants to see the guy that has to fight. Like, he doesn't like it. I don't like it. No one likes it. UFC likes it. <laughs> fans <laughs> the like fans it. fans like it. But we don't like it. Like, I don't want to see this guy. I'm going to have to punch on with him soon. Like, I hate this character with every fiber of my being. Um... Yeah, like it's just it's just hard like that. It's hard like the character. that. Character, hmm? mean the character. No, that guy. That guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't want to see him. Yeah. Like until but you have, you have to hate that person. Yeah, Not like, the person. Like, but I don't hate him in the sense like where I, at night I'm thinking up malicious thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I, I hate him in the sense like you're just the opponent right yeah. now, and I, I, I don't want anything team. to do with you. I don't want to see you until we fight. Hmm. 
And mm. your your attitude towards press conferences is not sort of the loudmouth sort of attitude, mm. which I know you don't really enjoy, uh, and that's just your personality. Yeah. And, and do you have much pushback against that? People trying to say, "Hey, come on, why don't you?" All the time, since my earliest my career, they're like, "You got to do this, you got to do that," like, and and you can see <coughs> it with the the way my my media, my platform, social media platforms, like they haven't sky, they didn't skyrocket off the thing. I was never the hype train. I was the poor guy, poor guy. I was the guy they had they had to they had to fight every hype train. Every every fighter that was on a hype, like was on a roll, had like six back to back wins, was the next big thing the UFC were pumping up, they put him against me. Derek Brunson, Uriah Hall, uh Jacare, Romero, like they just they they said, Here you go, Rob. Like add to their collection and I put them away. And that's how I built my that's how I built my brand. Like I, I I'm gonna do me. That's mm. What I've stuck to, like stuck to my guns. There's two fights against Romero. Uh, we spoke about that last week on your podcast. And it, it's one of the things that I, from, from someone who's not a fighter, to look at someone like Romero. Yeah. I, I had this thing when I was playing footy that regardless of how big I am, I still looked at big people and was like, oh, fuck, that's a big dude. Yeah. Standing across the cage from him, obviously, maybe the first time is probably the better Example of it. what was that like seeing that dude? That's just like the second time was worse. Second time was worse. See how much bigger he was at second time. <laughs> how much bigger was he? Fucking huge. <laughs> he was huge, man. Like he was so big, and it was noticeable for and you. I remember looking at him and be like, "What the fuck did you eat last night? <laughs> like, how do I look like that?" Like, Asada's just going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was nowhere to be seen. Yeah. RDO. The golden snitch is yeah. gone. He's out of the building. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was just like. He's funny, he's so big. Yeah, and so he's big. just like, he's the perfect specimen. Like, I, 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 you know, blokes talking about other blokes' bodies is very seldom. But to look at him and you just go, how? Yeah. How are you doing that? Like, what are you eating in Cuba? Like, <laughs> just, just smashing Cuban sandwiches yeah. and it just gives you this perfect yeah. fucking rig. But yeah, he's, um, he's, his fight's against you. And he, he blew out your knee in, early in the first fight and you broke mm. your hand early in the second fight. Yeah. So that to come out of both of those fights just battered, absolutely. That's actually forget that question. What do you, what do you feel like the day after a fight? Because I, I, you know, playing footy, you're sore. Yeah, like, you're sore. Very sore. I can imagine very, very sore. sore. Um, but it depends. Like obviously, if you've won, it's all good. Yeah, like, the pain's all right. But if you've lost, you're just sore and depressed. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you going straight to the hospital after a fight, or it depends. depends? It depends what it is, like how bad it was. Yeah, how bad the injuries are. Like Mike yeah. Perry's the other week. That was yeah. grand. Yeah, I think he needed to go straight to the hospital because <laughs> he had. Uh, and I'm sure we'll put an image up on the screen, but uh, Mike Perry had a very similar incident to Robbie O'Davis. And Robbie O'Davis used to play rugby league here in Australia, and he broke his nose probably in the same direction from an elbow from someone running through the line. But he also, and, and, and Perry was pretty lucky, Robbie O'Davis broke the inside of his palate, the top of his, the roof of his really? mouth. Really? Can you do that? Yeah, apparently. He <laughs> just copped, that's how hard he got hit with this elbow um, from some front rower running through as hard as he could. And he broke the inside of his palate and the nose and it was all fucked up. So Perry, although he broke his nose and he looked a bit shit, he got away pretty lucky. His, his nose was on the side of his face. I know. Like, that was... <laughs> <laughs> such... Could you imagine like looking at yourself after a fight? Just going, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to. You know what I'm picturing? No. Being like <laughs> doing this. You're like, 
Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> like, I like just, like, because you know, when you get hit and you think you got cut, or when you had mm. a knock in footy and something hurt, you'd be like, ah. Yeah, the old check. You're like, yeah. oh, no, we're right. Yeah, I get like, out with like, like uh, door frame squad. Yeah, it's like, ah, so it's not it's not too bad, just bleeding, just bleeding. How big is it? How big mm. is it? It's like, with his nose, he would have been like, what the fuck? fuck. Yeah, it just keeps like, going. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this has never happened. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, I don't think this is normal. It's one of the worst injuries, like 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 ones that you can actually see, mm. apart from obviously Anderson Silver's leg and all that type of stuff, but just terrifying just from, I think it was from an elbow, wasn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah it, was just, it, was just, it was just terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. So what, how are you focusing your training? Does it change much going in again from Romero to Adesanya? No, I'm just doing what I do best, just train, be me. Do my own things. Obviously, there's some sort, um, there's some small adjustments so that I can capitalize on some things I saw in his last fights and whatnot. Sure. But um, more or less, I just do what I'm good at. I'm gonna mm. just get better holistically in like my grappling and my striking, and then just go in there and take the fight to him. Yeah. Mm. I'm fucking. I'm very confident in you. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I know that means a lot yeah. from coming from me, <laughs> but I'm I'm pumped. Uh, I cannot are, wait. I'm pumped. It's it's gonna be a great fight. I mean. With 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 you, and I won't ask too much about training. Obviously, you got to keep things to yourself. But how do you spar quite a bit? And how how heavy do you go? Yeah, we have, we have we have sparring blocks where we we get sparring. And when when we are sparring, we spar very hard. Yes, very hard. Everything is set up in a way that it's to resemble a fight. Because you see a lot of a lot of fighters. John Cerrone talked about it maybe a year ago or so about not sparring mm. much at all. Uh, do you think you I don't spar that? I don't spar that much. We have blocks, like I said, like okay. we spar. For a few weeks and then we don't spar. Yeah, and yeah. we—I don't need a lot of sparring. Like you don't. I think once you reach a certain level, you don't need a lot of sparring. You know, because brain damage is real. Yeah, you know, like it's Absolutely. a real concern. Everyone, everyone who's in a contact sport should be focusing on it. Mm. Like and paying attention. Well, not focusing yeah, on it. Can you do that? But at can least focus, pay attention to it. Can you focus on it? Well, can you pay attention to it and still compete? Yeah. Like, how do you? Because obviously you can. Mm. Because you're doing it right now. But how do you sort of like, how do you negotiate that within your own mind? Like, okay, this is worth it, but I just have to protect myself in a way. Yeah, well, it's, it's just you don't you don't do you don't do things like oh, we don't spar a lot because there's no need. The, we, the benefits won't outweigh the brain damage you get. Mm. Like we just went in every night sparring hard and rounds. Like there's you're just gonna take down brain damage. Yeah. Like you're not going to get that much better opposed to like just wrestling or anything else. Um, you know, and obviously putting, putting time limits on my careers and, 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 and giving myself the, the appropriate amount of rest in between fights and things like that. Like they, they're, they're all very important. I have a very smart team that, that makes sure that they, they keep an eye for all that and they, everything, everything is calculated and, and adjusted. It's actually probably quite a bit safer. And a lot of people just disagree with this or haven't really thought about it. But you compare it to NRL or NFL, that the head knocks are different. I mean, you're getting punched in the face, you're getting mm. knocked out, uh, and you know, it's a it's a concern. But you also don't then fight for another six, eight, etc. Uh, amount of months. Whereas you get knocked out playing footy, you're playing back two weeks later, or you put on, or you get off. put back on, and you get knocked out again, or you go to training and you're having hit ups. This is the thing with the CTE, the chronic traumatic yeah. encephalopathy. You're having these subconcussive injuries, so your brain's slapping into the, yeah. the skull. Every hit up, every tackle. At least if you're sparring, sure, it might be for 30 minutes or five rounds or whatever. But you play footy, it might happen 100 times a game. Yeah, 
very real. It's no wonder people are fucked up after they play that that sort of sport. Yeah, and they have those long careers. Long careers. Long careers. And I mean, you know, I guess there's a couple of people that came out and spoke about in the NRL saying that it's going to be over and people won't play anymore. I don't think that's true. I think what will happen is people will be, you know, they'll be concerned about it, but people have been concerned about their own health their entire lives. (laughs) But people make these these decisions that, that, you know, you have faith within yourself that you're going to beat this person and you can protect yourself. And the, I guess the right policies are put in, in place, like there's a referee there to help out if, if need be uh, to sort of minimise the damage, but also risk and reward. Like you want to compete. Yeah. You want to beat someone. Mm. You want to bash the shit out of someone. That's what you want to do. That's your sport. Yeah. I think that's why people people still, like even on the news, people still look at MMA and they go, oh, cage fighting. I oh, don't know about yeah. that. Like still. it's Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like... It's just like any other combat sports. It just, Absolutely. Yeah, it's just... Don't know. You know? They just, they just... But they're coming around. They are coming around. We've, we've definitely... MMA as a sport has definitely moved into a mainstream light. Mm. Like, especially in Australia. Australia was slow as well. So mm. it definitely has moved into that mainstream sort of sports genre now. Mm. And I think that's, you know, thanks to, you know, the outspoken ones. And, uh, and McGregor's probably one of those people that have helped uh, bring it in. Did you see the... Uh, Footage allegedly of Conor McGregor punching an old man in the face. No. Okay, well, check that out. It's very, <laughs> very interesting. He's in a bar, allegedly, and there's just an old dude there and they're arguing and there's just a big a big left hand straight into the side of his head. There's just Conor McGregor punching this old dude. Why? Don't know. It came out last week. We'll play it now in the, in the podcast, but <laughs> I'll send it to you later. It's it's very, very strange. It sounds ter- terrible. It, I don't even know if it's like, because nothing's really come out of it legally. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like a marketing campaign yeah. or, or what. Yeah. It's, it's maybe, maybe Prophet 12 is really trying to push the boundaries. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on people like him? Um, I think before he started doing like crazy stuff, like throwing that trolley in the bus and, then, and all that other stuff, it's just... <laughs> There's hyping up the fight, and then there's just personally trying to hurt people, like trying to take digs at people, like in jeopardizing people's careers, livelihood. Throwing that trolley in the bus was ridiculous. Mm. Like glass went everywhere. What if, like, you got glass in your eye and you went blind? Yeah, like, well, um, his, oh, mate, did. Um, what's his name? Yeah, he got glass in the eye, but thankfully he didn't go blind. Yeah. You know, but, like, but imagine, like, someone actually got blind, blind. Like, sorry, he's not going to. Fix anything. Their life is you know, ruined because you've made a split decision to be. Yeah, to hype up the fight, to hype up the, to make yourself look cool. Like, like you just, that's, yeah. that's not a game. We're not yeah. playing. Like, I'm not part of your joke. I'm not part of your hype. Like, so the Aldo thing was great when he grabbed the belt in the middle of Ireland. You know, it's disrespectful. It's mean, but it hypes the fight. Yeah, everyone no one, makes no a lot one of money. gets hurt. But throwing a dolly through a bus. No. Come on, dude. That's too much. Of course, it's too much. So much. And then the UFC uses it as hype footage. But anyway, that's that's a whole other thing. <laughs> we won't talk about that. <laughs> so, how how are you feeling walking walking into this? You, you're ready to go. Honestly, best I've ever been. This is the best I've ever been in any fight. Like uh, I am, I am pumped to get in there. You know, there's the, there's the nerves of every fight, but I'm I'm excited. I'm hungry for this fight. Mm. Absolutely, and I think Australia is excited to see it. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't wait. I owe them I, one. So. Inside, inside two rounds. Hmm? Inside two rounds. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I'm fucking pumped. I can't wait. Connor's asking me, does your family get scared when you fight? Uh, 
Great question, Connor. My kids are too young to really care. Yeah. Like, how, does he, how does he miss Australia? Because obviously it's your profession. The, the, you know what the thing is, though? Like, my miss, my missus has always been supportive. Like, she, I, that's the great thing about being with her before I even started this. Mm. It's like, she, she's been there since the beginning through. The only thing, the only thing is, though, she's only witnessed me as I am, which is normally on the winning side. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm looking forward to waiting to see her reaction when I cop her absolute terrible hiding. Well, it, it almost in that sport has to happen at some point. Mate, Mark Hunt said there's a there's a hiding waiting for everyone. Yeah, like coming for everyone, and uh, I believe it. I believe it. it it's there. <laughs> well, at some point you just drop off, and there's some young dude that's coming through the ranks. And, yeah, yeah. You know, who's been hopefully, training his whole life. Hopefully, and, I can exit before my hiding comes. Then that's the move. That's the trick. Some people can do that. Like GSP. GSP. Yeah. Beautiful. Anyway. One wins the belt, goes. All right, I'm done. Back into retirement. Peace. Everyone's so, like, oh. <laughs> Look, just proved I'm the best at everything. See <laughs> yeah. you later. Like, I thought he's, he's just a great fighter, great guy, great marketing, very smart, very, very smart. He did mm. everything perfectly. Mm. He is an ideal role model of an athlete and an MMA athlete. Just seems like such a lovely dude. Yeah. Just carries himself. Much like you. Like You carry yourself nicely through everything. There's nothing aggressive mm. about absolutely anything that you do until that cage door shuts. Yeah. And then you do your job and you walk out and you're happy. Yeah. I think that's something that the UFC should definitely jump more behind. Yeah, that's why it should be. Because, um, I don't know, oh, my whole thing is that I just want to be a role model for my kids. Mm. I want my kids to, like, I can't do dumb stuff and then get mad at them for doing dumb stuff. Sure. And be like, I hope my kids don't turn out like me. Like, they are, because mm. you you do dumb shit. Mm. So I, I, I want to, I just want to be someone, my kids can show their friend and be like, look, here's my dad, he's not doing anything stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, but you, but the, and also in saying that, you know, the UFC isn't hyping and all that type of stuff, you are doing your own stuff. You're, you're mm. on Twitch. Yeah. What's your uh, Twitch handle for anybody? That Rob Whitaker. Right what do we got? Rob Whitaker MMA. Go on all my socials now. and Twitch. Beautiful. And um, <laughs> yeah, Grange TV as well, the podcast. Mm. Yeah, we're, we're, we're building up. We have a lot of little projects, uh, a lot of projects on the side that we're working apart from fighting because fighting is one spectrum of life. Like it's one mm. tiny sliver. You know, obviously, it's my main focus and it's what I capitalize on the most and it's what I'm good at, that's what I do. Mm. But uh, I, we, are, we are doing a lot of other things as well. You're like, not going to be fighting at 35. No, I don't want to be. That's my exit age. You, like, set, you set this, this, this foundation mm -hmm. and you build upon it with the things like Twitch and Grange TV mm -hmm, and all those mm -hmm, type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Or you're, you're, you're a well-spoken person, you've got your gyms opening up, all that type of stuff. And I mean, that's what... That's what an athlete in your position or anyone younger should be sort of focusing for yeah. is life with footballers. It's life after footy, fighters, yeah. life after fighting. Yeah. It exists. Yeah, it does. And there's a lot more of it. Mm. Like, I would, like I say, I get, I get to 35, I, I would have fought for, what, 15 years, maybe. About 15 years of my life, really. That's a long time. That's but, a long time. But another but 70 not, years. <laughs> yeah, but I've got 70 on the back of it. Like, like I said, I'll only be 35. Mm. There are guys in the UFC just getting into the UFC at 35. Like, mm. you know, Ramirez, there's, what, 42, 41? Something like that. Like, I think old. Cormier didn't get into the UFC till 33. Wow. Or something like that. 31, maybe. That's it was madness. definitely after 30s. But, like, that's crazy. Mm. You know what I mean? I want to be wrapping things up. So, um, and then enjoying every other aspect of life, like taking my kids to footy, um, you know, working the old sausage sizzle. <laughs> <laughs> like with the apron on like, yeah. that's what I want to be doing I want to enjoy the next stage of life I don't want to be hanging on to this fighter like being fighting I don't want to fight when I'm 40 like screw that mm. 
Like, I want to be doing all the other fun stuff, like all the other, the next stage of living. Because I had done this, I've, I've capitalized on everything I can. I'm making money elsewhere. I'm working other jobs. Like, there's just more to it. Mm. So, like, why brand myself as one thing for my entire life? What do you want to do? Hmm? What do you want to do with your life? Well, obviously, we're building up the podcast. Yep. Grange TV. Grange TV. Check it out immediately, <laughs> right now. Okay, the link's Once down more. below them. We have our gyms we're, we're running and we're coaching at it. Uh, in Gracie Artama and Gracie Smith Grange. Both gyms are just yeah, bu- building them up. We look to open <clears> up more. We have a great fight team. You know, their careers are, are, are like a are kind of boom. They're going to be in the UFC. My fight team is going to be in the UFC within the year. Mark my words. They'll okay. be there. They're, uh, they're going to be killers. But um, outside of that, like I, I'd like to move into like some sort of speaking position in some form, you know, working on that, that sort of angles. Or, but also, you know, more importantly, I want to be a dad. And I want to do dad stuff. <laughs> like yeah. I said before, I want to take my kids to football. Of course. I, want to, I want to do the sausage sizzle on the weekends. Probably once because I'll hate it and I'm a terrible cook. Go once you go, yeah, that's it for the 100%. year. hundred percent. Right? Okay, that's Hell me. Man. That's my charity. Yeah. But, um, but just things like that, like picking my kids up from school, making that lunch, which I'll probably do once again and then give them cash. Yeah, great. <laughs> just get so, lunch like, orders, bro. Can't, I can't picture them. It's all about lunch orders. Couple of finger gym. buns, couple of pikelets. Yeah. They're laughing. <laughs> but um, I just want to do that sort of stuff. You know, there's this so much more. Do you pay any attention to the fighters that are coming up in the ranks opposed to looking at, like while you're looking at Adesanya, you're watching the fight with Romero on the weekend? I watch the fight, but um, now all my sights are just set on Adesanya. Yeah. They're just set on him. I can't, I can't think about anything else. I can't think about anybody in the division. I can't think about fights after. It's just him. Mm. You couldn't. There's, there's too much yeah. going on. You'd have to be, particularly, I, I guess that's for people who are like fringe fans of the UFC or MMA in general. There's so much that goes into a fight. It's not just going out there and throwing hands. It's it's working on the, the smallest insecurities in someone's game mm. and trying to exploit them. Yeah. Like how much do you do you watch fights? How how much do you take in from his previous fights or anyone's previous fights? Do you, do you have video sessions? Uh, no, so my um, I've seen him fight because I watch, I do watch the fights because we break them down and whatnot on the podcast. But um, I my my coaches do a lot of the tape review and do a, ta- a lot of tape, watch a lot of tape. They watch hundreds of hours of tape, hundreds and hundreds of hours of tape, and they're the ones that say, "Hey, I need you to do this, this, and this because Adesanya does this." Or they'll say, "If if I need to watch it, they'll be like, Rob, I want you to watch this part or this fight in particular, this one." And just yeah, and that, that that that's how we work. I don't watch a lot of tape on on my opponents because I don't want to watch him winning fights. Mm. Screw him. Yeah. <laughs> Mentally, that's got to be like it's a, it's a ploy, you know. From, mm. from from if you're watching your opponent get his hand raised, yeah, you don't want to be doing that shit. No, fuck him. Yeah, prick. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I tell you what, October six, I'm pumped. I I mate inside two rounds. Take his yeah. head off. Is that you're allowed to say that? Yeah. Take his fucking head off. I'm going to try and take his head off. Little shit. <laughs> Congratulations, mate. On, on, on such a fucking great career so far, and you've got another 10 years, eight years, until 35. Right. Keep the championship. Thank you so much, All mate. over it. Really mate, appreciate mate, it. Mate, I, I do my best. What can I say? <laughs> Robert Whitaker, ladies and gentlemen, anything else you want to say to that camera? No, I think it's all been said, mate. Honestly, we, we hit it up. Follow me. Follow my story. Follow me, me on my socials. Yeah. It's going to be cracker. Rob Whitaker, absolute fucking legend and the champion of the world and and still 
on October 6th. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us once again. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, are you fucking kidding yourself? Get stuck into it. The best review will get me. Uh, I'll, I'll swing past and wash your car, uh, hang out with the kids for the afternoon. I'll be a, you know, just be a good bloke. Anyway, go and do that right bloody now. Make sure you subscribe. Check out Rob uh, in all his socials, which will be listed down below. And don't forget to check out Grange TV as well. Uh, anything else, Connor? Tour. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on tour. If you haven't already worked that out, I only talk about it six times a fucking week. But I'll be all over the country. Newcastle, Sydney, come and see those big shows there. We're at the end more in Sydney. It's going to be an absolute massive show. The link is down below as well. Anyway, that's enough from me. Bye. And then later, I got this message saying, Georgia, you've been catfished. You've been, this is fake. This, this, these photos are from a boy that died five years ago. Um, this person is using the photos to get your attention and all this stuff. And I was like, holy shit. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.